everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part series on monitoring in healthcare, adding value to your ethics and compliance program through the use of an independent integrity monitor. This special five-part series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring, and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and culture, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how a independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. On this exploration, I am joined by two persons from Affiliated Monitors, Jesse Kaplan, he's the Managing Director of Corporate Oversight, and Catherine Keyes, she's the Vice President of Operations. This five-part series will include, in Episode 1, an introduction to the use and value of an independent integrity monitor in the healthcare sector. In Episode 2, how proactive assessments of healthcare ethics and compliance programs and cultures work. In Episode 3, independent integrity monitoring for healthcare professionals in licensing and disciplinary procedures. In Episode 4, we'll take a look at independent integrity monitoring of conditions required of healthcare organizations or systems in non-disciplinary administrative proceedings. And we'll conclude in Episode 5 with using independent integrity assessments and monitoring to limit the adverse consequences of compliance violations. Whether you're in the healthcare industry or in another industry, this will be a fascinating exploration on how you can utilize the independent integrity monitoring concept in a wide variety of ways. I know you will find it interesting. I know you will find it useful. In this episode, Catherine Keyes discusses independent integrity monitoring for healthcare professionals in licensing and disciplinary proceedings. The Monitoring in Healthcare series, sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for another episode. Today, I have with me Catherine Keyes. She is the VP of Operations for Affiliated Monitors. And today, we're going to take up the topic of independent integrity monitoring monitoring for the healthcare professional in licensing and disciplinary proceedings. Catherine, uh, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Catherine, I thought what I might do is throw out some scenarios and ask you to walk walk us through them and how an independent integrity monitoring model would help in each situation. So let me just jump into the first uh, scenario. Uh, In the situation where you might have a state Medicaid fraud control unit finds a provider billing for unusual high number of patients or procedures per day, they find out, excuse me, they investigate, and in that investigation, they determine uh, that there's really very poor documentation that looks like fraud, but they can't tell from the investigation if it is fraud. So I was wondering kind of how a monitor might help both the agency and the uh, individual healthcare provider in that situation. Sure, I'd love to talk about that. That's a fairly common situation that we've seen. Um, you might have, for example, uh, a 
provider, a clinic or an office or something misusing unlicensed staff, uh, or you might just have uh, not documenting medical necessity. So uh, these are things that come up often in practices when they are looked at for potential Medicaid fraud. So the things that make monitoring an important resource in that is, um, first of all, a, a practice that can enter into a monitoring agreement can stay open. So having a monitor allows a practice to continue to treat patients, and it gives the state some confidence that the practice is going to meet the standards that it that it has set, the regulatory standards, the professional standards, et cetera. Keeping a, a Medicaid practice open is often really important. In some areas, there are very few Medicaid providers. So having a Medicaid provider remain open is important, not just for the person whose business it is, but also in the community. Um, and bringing it up to professional standards is also important because you the expectation is that all the professionals should meet that, and you don't want to have a lower standard for some kinds of professionals just because you feel like there's a need for them in a community. So it's really, it's just key all the way around to um, keeping the provider in practice, protecting the public, and making sure that the state has confidence that the, the practice is doing what it is that they said they were going to do. Would it be helpful to give an example Absolutely. Please do so. Um, one of the things that we see a lot is that people think, okay, they can just try harder. They'll, they'll document um, more carefully. And what I say to people about documenting or trying, trying harder, trying harder is a wish. That's not a compliance plan. So you really need to change the system. And it's possible that a practice might need to implement an electronic medical record, but they might also need to just do more basic things like have dictation or even just have checklists so that records will be legible, that all the systems will be covered. Um, it, monitoring, a good monitoring program, not only points out the deficiencies, but also helps a practice put into place the systemic fixes that will be sustainable over time. So, Lil, uh, if, I, if I could just change the, uh, the fact pattern a little bit and see where you might think a monitor could really help in this situation. And this is a situation where someone, whether it be from the public, a consumer, or really anyone, might make a complaint to a licensing board. And that complaint's investigated, and the licensing board finds out uh, among several other things, that the practitioner's patient records lack basic elements, such as uh, adequate notes around treatment. How does a monitor, uh, I guess I don't quite understand how a monitor can really help out to that level of detail, and then, and then why is that important? This comes up a lot. This is a great question. Thanks. Oftentimes, a complaint is made to a state regulatory agency, a licensing board, for example. So it might be the dental board, it might be the medical board, it might be the chiropractic board. Um, and most of these licensing boards have regulations that say what minimally should be included in a patient record. And this is the standard you would hope that when you go to a 
any kind of a medical provider and they're asking you this information, they're writing it down, they're keeping a record of it. It's important to your medical care going forward. So uh, when a board finds out that somebody isn't meeting that standard, even if they find out that the other, the complaint, whatever the complaint was about, maybe it was somebody didn't you know, overcharge them or was rude or whatever it was that the complaint was about. They look at charts, they find out that the charts are not meeting this this standard. It's really you know, incumbent on the board now to say, look, we have these professional standards for a reason and we want you to meet them. Again, many states don't have a good way of dealing with this. And so it's been the hammer or nothing. So a state could say, we could suspend a a provider. Well, suspension isn't a really, it, it's just too harsh a tool and it's not remediative. It doesn't help someone improve their practice. So monitoring gives a chance for a provider and also for the provider's attorney who's trying to give his client or her client uh, another crack at the bat and, and allow the provider to stay in practice and, and, um, it gives all of them the things that are beneficial to each of them. So it allows the provider to stay in practice. It allows the monitor practice to get some feedback, really individualized, tailored feedback. Somebody is looking at this particular practice and saying to them, you're not taking an adequate health history. Here's what you need to do to take an adequate health history. Here's what you need to document in terms of a treatment plan. Here's what you should be doing in terms of follow-up at every six weeks or every 30 days or whatever it is. Um, because people go to continuing medical education classes. And so, obviously, for some providers, there's a disconnect between when I'm sitting in the class and somebody's yammering in the front of it and when I come back to my practice and go to implement it. So this is really helps. And it's if you do it over time, then people can implement the change, see if it's working, tweak it even, and then demonstrate that they are really con committed to practicing in a way that meets the standard. It also helps the state. Listen, they have a paper record that says, look, here, we let this person stay in practice, and here's the demonstration that they're making the changes that we required of them. And, of course, it helps the public when people are meeting the, the standards that are required. So now um, let me take uh, change to a scenario that is really comes from the headlines and, frankly, is uh, a pretty serious issue, um, uh, not worldwide, but certainly nationwide, and how monitoring can help. So uh, 49 out of 50 states have prescription drug monitoring programs, which allow them to track prescriptions and prescribers of opioids and other drugs. As part of a multi-pronged approach to the current opioid abuse uh, crisis, many states are looking to see who their high prescribers are and whether these are legitimate practices or just plain pill mills. Um, what does or how can uh, an integrity monitor help with this really health crisis that's ongoing? Yeah, again, a, a great question because this is sort of a subcategory of the one we just talked about, which is a, an issue involving an individual provider comes up for a state licensing board or a state regulatory agency, and somebody is uh, we're 
there's a concern about prescribing practices. What often happens is a provider gets designated as a soft touch. So somebody comes to them looking for um, opioid prescriptions, then tells their friends, listen, this guy's pretty easy to get prescriptions from. Now the, that part of the practice starts to boom a little bit and the prescriber doesn't really have the controls in place, hasn't really kept up with that aspect of pain management treatment, uh, pain management and treatment that, uh, that the standard requires, that the national standards require um, in terms of assessing people for pain management in, in ter- terms of um, trying alternatives to opioids and testing, making sure doing urine drug screens to make sure that folks are in fact taking the medication that's prescribed for them and then having a tapering plan to get people off of it. So when you put monitoring in place, it not only helps them add a structure to their practice and and also add some accountability, but you know we find that providers have a sense of relief about that. Like many people know they were in over their head, that it, it got away from them a little bit. And so monitoring actually kind of makes them feel that they're that they are back in uh, in the realm of what they're supposed to be doing in in terms of professional practice and I think that's really important um, and also you know as with all the other times that we've said this it allows people to remain open just closing down a practice isn't helpful there are they are providers providing a service in the community and so um, it's part of a strategy of dealing with the opioid crisis is to have this remedial approach to the prescribers themselves. So I think that's how it's helpful. So Catherine, one of the things that has struck me about uh, using an integrity, independent integrity monitor in the healthcare space, uh, as you know, uh, I come out of the uh, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and compliance realm, where if you have a monitor, uh, they certainly uh, report to the government, and they'll also report to the company. Um, but here you have a third component, and that's the public. And that the integrity monitoring in the healthcare space really adds a level of uh, not simply comfort, but a real level of protection for the public that's important uh, for many of the issues that we've talked about. And um, I find it uh, really interesting that you can use this process and add, add that much more value to a group that was really not considered in some of the other situations we've talked about. I think that's right. And I think in the very few situations in which a healthcare provider or clinic or whatever isn't committed to improving, then the agency can demonstrate that because they'll have a paper record of that as well. So it's it's incentive to improve. It demonstrates improvement when there is improvement, and it demonstrates lack of improvement if there is a lack of improvement. So it's beneficial all the way around. So Catherine, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting with Catherine Keyes, the Vice President of Operations at Affiliated Monitors. Uh, We've been talking today about independent integrity monitoring for the healthcare professional and licensing and disciplinary procedures. And I hope you'll join us tomorrow where we take up the same topic of independent integrity monitoring of conditions required by healthcare organizations in non-disciplinary administrative proceedings. Catherine, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of 
the special five-part series on monitoring in health care. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode. This special five-part series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.